This is our first Sunday night uh, time together. I want to thank each and every one of you for being here. We've got good turnout tonight. Appreciate that. So what's been the subject matter for the last three months? Well, it just feels like the last three months. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and His gifts. Can you say amen? So there's a whole lot of uh, misinformation out there about the Holy Spirit and His gifts. Um, what you're going to notice is there's two handouts, and the first one, the one with no, no yellow on it, no color on it. The first one was the one I promised you a couple of weeks ago that I would get to you with the correct definition for a word of knowledge. Do you remember me making that promise? No, there's not any yellow on this. Yeah. Are we out of this one? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, well, there's one with yellow on it. It's over there on that table. Did somebody take them all? Let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. I made 30 of them. I made 30. Yeah, there's more. Yeah, there they are. Big, big, great big stack. Make sure, Jerome, those get out. We, we, we're just going to spend time tonight looking at the questions and the answers. That's all we're going to get done tonight, all right? But we're going to learn some things about the Holy Spirit. Diverse kinds of tongues, questions and answers. That's what we're going to give you. Whoever's got a hand up, get one of those and let's, uh, let's get this right. Amen? Turning your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We always start there, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want you to see it with your own eyes, all right? We're going to take a look at it with our own eyes. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to begin reading with verse 7. We learn a lot just from reading this passage of Scripture every time we get together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy. What have we learned about that simple gift of prophecy? Very prevalent in the church today. Uh, by the way, there were 13 people at the prayer meeting yesterday morning. 13 people, and we had what we used to call in the South, and I'm not joking, we used to look at each other and say, today we're going to have Chech. C-H-E-C, we had Chech yesterday. C-H-E-C-H, we had church. There was 13 of us, and man, we, we started praying, and it didn't matter how late it got, did it? We weren't looking at our watches going, hey, we've been here an hour already, isn't this thing about up? No, it was good. 13 people in, in the prayer meeting. And you know, we're adding a Monday night prayer meeting and they've got the Zoom prayer meeting. What are we doing? We're averaging a prayer meeting about once a week now. Why? Because we can't pray enough together. We need to pray more together. Amen? So it's all about prayer. It's all about talking to God. Do you got to believe in Him just to talk to Him, right? I don't know how many people I've heard say, I don't know how to pray. I don't, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to talk to God. Well, do you talk to your spouse? Do you talk to your friends? Do you talk to your loved ones? Unless you just don't talk to anybody, you can't talk to God. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Look, God doesn't care about, you know, whether you've got finesse or you're polished or you've got all the right words. He wants to hear your voice. Your voice. God, the creator of the universe, wants to hear my voice. I'm sold on that. I'm locked in on that. He likes to hear my voice, right? And he likes to hear your voice. We should talk to him about everything. Amen? Talk to him about everything, all right? Wow, all right. So what I was saying was yesterday, Val started praying, and, and I'm telling you, the way she prays, it's just the gift of, of, of uh, the simple gift of prophecy coming forth. It was edifying. It was uplifting. It was all of those good things. You know who put those inside of her? The Holy Ghost did. And it just came out of her. It was the simple gift of prophecy. People say, well, I thought the gift of prophecy had to do with people telling the future. It's because you don't know what the New Testament says 
about the gifts of the Spirit, and we all need to learn it. Amen? Prophecy becomes in those three gifts of prophecy and then diverse tongues and interpretation. We call those the three utterance gifts. They say something, right? They say something, right? Well, when you look in the Bible, it says the prophecy is equal to tongues and interpretation for edification, for uplifting, for consoling. Doesn't say anything about the future. Say, well, Brother Dennis, are there prophets today? Yes, the Bible says. And he gave uh, gifts to the church. Some apostles, prophets, amen, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, right? So we have prophets. And do they, prophets, do they ever open their mouth and talk about the future? Yes, but it's a word of wisdom. We just have better definition for these things in the New Testament than we did in the Old. Does that make sense? So let's get it right. Let's learn them and get it right. So to another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, where am I at? I'm in verse, uh, let's see, verse 10 again. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by the one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. That's another thing we learned. If you're under the mistaken idea that you've been used by a certain gift of the Holy Spirit so many times for so long that that's your gift, eh, wrong answer. You don't own any of the gifts. Those gifts of the Spirit are His, not yours. He uses you. You do not use Him. The gifts of the Spirit use you as He wills. All right? Now, does it, do, do we know some people that, that it seems like a particular gift of the Spirit flows more easily through them? No problem. I don't have a problem with that. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit can stop at any time He wants. All right? That's what happens to the great revivals throughout, throughout history in the church age is people got in there and started doing things that they do and things got weird and the Holy Ghost just shut up. He just clammed up. Revival's over, all right? So what are we teaching on the things of the Holy Spirit for? Because we want to get it right. We want to get it right, and we want to do what is conducive to the Holy Spirit, falling and remaining. Not having to draw back because we're so uninformed and, and not talk correctly that we get off into strange things, and the Holy Spirit has to get quiet. He has to draw back. No, no, no. I want him to be able to fall. And because we've gone into the Word, we know what we're seeing. We know what we're hearing. We know how to line up with it. Everything that the Holy Spirit's doing until the Holy Spirit can just keep on doing. Amen? All right. If you've got your, your note deal in front of you, I want you to uh, look at the top of the page. It says, Diverse Kinds of Tongues, Questions and Answers. I'm the only one, I think, that gives the questions and gives the answers all at one time. And we're going to go through these, and this is going to be our introduction to diverse kinds of tongues. Name four reasons why it seems that Pentecostal Christians place such an emphasis on tongues. You know what I would say about that? First of all, I, I don't believe that we do. I don't believe we do that. Uh, name four reasons why it seems that Pentecostal Christians place such an emphasis on tongues. I don't believe that we do that. I'll tell you what it's more like. We get asked a bunch of questions about tongues. Anybody, if, you, if you're, you know, praying tongues, and uh, has anyone ever asked you, well, what is that? What is that about? What, why do you think that's for today? You know, now, maybe not so much right now, but I'm telling you the times in my life where the Holy Spirit was moving and falling, especially the charismatic movement. How many of you are alive it, it, there we go. We just talked about our age, didn't we? I mean, I, I was a teenager when I came into that revival, all right? And, uh, oh, man, you know, the very first service I was in, I heard someone stand up, give a message in tongues, and somebody else stood up and interpreted it, and we knew it was very much God, right? So what, what, what happened next for me? I got questions about tongues, right? I got questions about them, all right? Did Jesus Christ himself not say, I'm going to use the, you know, I mean, he uses the strangest things of this world to confound the wise. Foolish things, amen? I mean, is there anything more foolish than opening your mouth and talking in some language you had never learned, you know, that you don't understand? You don't know why you're doing it, except the Holy Ghost is doing it through you, amen? 
We're often questioned about tongues and are therefore drawn into discussions about tongues. Second, utterance in tongues in public assembly can be a very prominent manifestation. We've had it plenty of times, but didn't recognize it when we saw it. And the simple gift of prophecy is one of the most prominent ones. Someone who, why do we call on people that love to pray? Because there's something down on the inside of them that when they start praying, you start feeling it. You're not just hearing words. You're feeling it down on the inside. They're saying things that are edifying. They're lifting up. They're praising God. They're talking about God. There's, you know, and it touches you way down deep inside. I mean, that's just the movement. That's one of the most prominent things that the Holy Spirit does is the simple gift of prophecy. And it comes out many times while people are praying. You know, uh, people say, man, you really pray inspired prayers. And most people who pray like that just say, well, everybody can if they will, you know. But it's the Holy Spirit talking to them. We can't think of all that list of magnificent things to say if the Holy Spirit doesn't help us. If he helps us, we can go on and on and on. Amen? So, third, tongues and interpretation of tongues is distinctive to the church age. Think about this with me for a minute. Have I not said that you can find examples of every one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, but this one, tongues. Prophecy, I mean, is throughout the Old Testament. And then what did we learn? We learned that the book of Psalms, especially the ones that David wrote, that was by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and it was a simple gift of prophecy in action. It was uplifting Aren't the words of David uplifting and consoling and edifying? That was the Holy Ghost, right? Uh, lastly, we give prominence to tongues because Paul did. I'm going to show you that in the Word. Uh, if we don't get to it tonight, we'll get to it next week. One reason he did was, um, one reason he did was that just as now, listen to this carefully, speaking in tongues was widely misunderstood. How many of you in this room think you understand everything there is to understand about tongues? I can't raise my hand. I can teach on the subject. I can help guide, but I don't understand everything about tongues. You know? I, I can tell you, the, one of the first uh, Pentecostal meetings I was in, I told my mother, I said, I don't think I'm going to go back. This was, and, and this was uh, my exposure was my mom got me to a meeting before I went to that church service and walked in on that revival. I told my mom, I said, there's a guy two rows down, raised his hand. Nobody recognized him. Nobody said, hey, what's your question? You, you understand what I'm saying? This guy raised his hand. He's in front of me, two rows down. I said, mom, that's rude. Man had a question, raised his hand. He's real polite. And then he got excited, and, and they didn't call him, so he raised the other hand. <laughs> you know? And there he was, with both hands raised, you know, to the skies, and no one would recognize him, and no one would ask him, what's your question? Right? That's how ignorant I was when I came into this thing, you know? And I'm not even trying to be funny. I didn't know why the guy had his hands up, you know? Boy, that first service, though, in that, where that revival had busted loose, you caught on fast. You found yourselves wanting to lift your hands to God in heaven. You know, you wanted to lift your hands and surrender. Amen? All right. Got a definition here for diverse kinds of tongues. Um, how do you like the word supernatural? I like that word. I can't tell you how many times I sat under teachers who tried to tell me that they could explain some of the gifts of the Spirit uh, by some other way of them being like, like a word of knowledge. You know, um, I've got this. He, he talked about his degrees and all that kind of stuff. How many know word of knowledge ain't got nothing to do with your degrees? Amen? Word of knowledge is a piece of information that God has that he gives to you supernaturally. It cannot be explained by natural means, right? So diverse kinds of tongues is a supernatural utterance in languages never learned by the speaker nor understood by the speaker nor necessarily understood by the hearer. I know lots of people that, uh, that just seem to be the Holy Spirit used them in this. And I asked one of them one time, because I just got to know. I'm just that kind of guy. I said, when that person uh, cut loose over there in tongues, how long did it take you to realize God was going to give you uh, the interpretation? He said, right away. I just, let, I just let him finish. 
And then I just stood up and, and, and I said, well, did you know what he was saying? He said, oh, no. He said, it's not, it's not uh, translation of tongues. It's interpretation of tongues. All right, you get my drift? So it may not be that, that the, the hearer even who gives the interpretation uh, of it understands it. He just knows what God's saying. Amen? Because God, the Holy Spirit's given it to him. And you know, you say, well, God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Don't get wrapped around the axle if you can't figure out how the Holy Spirit or why the Holy Spirit is doing it that way. Amen? All right. The supernatural utterance and language is never learned by the speaker, nor understood by the speaker, nor necessarily understood by the hearer. Name the five recorded instances in the book of Acts where believers received the Holy Ghost. Now, you may ask yourself, why did you do this, Pastor Dennis? I, I wrote out each and every one of those scriptures, and I got to admit, out of habit. I've been teaching on the Holy Spirit now since I was a young man. I got the scriptures from the King James Version. So we're going to thee, and we're going to, you know, and we're going <laughs> to, all right? You know, have you ever had God, uh, you know, you, you, you hit the floor in the hallway and slide up to your bedside on your knees and clap your hands together and say, God, why? Only to hear the God, God say back to you, not myth, youth. <laughs> you know, because everybody knows God speaks in King James Version, right? All right. Name the five recorded instances in the book of Acts where believers received the Holy Ghost. Now, I've got it written out for you, but if you want to grab your Bibles, you do that. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. When we get ready to go after the Holy Ghost, let's be in one accord in one place. Let's do it. Amen? When the time comes. It's coming, you know. If you want to do some fasting and praying about it, now it's a good time to start. All right? Get ready. That's what I said. Stop being divided about things that we're not supposed to be divided over. Body of Christ, don't be divided over this COVID thing. Don't be divided over masks. Don't be divided over this, that, and whatever. Amen? Let's do what we need to do to keep each other safe, but don't look down our mask or our noses at other people. You understand what I'm saying? In the body of Christ, let's quit fighting over this thing. Amen? All right? Well, let's quit fighting over the things of the Holy Ghost too. Amen? Let's just, let's just find out what the Word says and let's just line up with it. Amen? All right. And suddenly, and suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Uh, how many of you ever seen a group of people filled that way before? I, I haven't, and I'll tell you why. This was the Holy Spirit arriving at the station. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> this, is, this is the Holy Spirit coming like Jesus said. I'm going away, but I'm sending you another. And he didn't say it would be like this, but this is the way it was. When the Holy Spirit came in, it was like a rushing mighty wind and, and it fell on them. Amen. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All right, Acts chapter 8, verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And all the people with one accord, that keeps showing up, with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. How many of you know that the place of unity is the place of power? The place of agreement is where things get done. Amen. And that's why there are dead churches all over this country. I know a church that they took a chainsaw and they ran it through the lobby, cut the church in half because they were arguing over whether or not there'd been a mural put on the wall in the lobby. They cut that in half too. It was Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and they had belly buttons. They had belly buttons. You think I'm joking. And there were people who said, well, they can't have belly buttons. They weren't born. They were created. And they got in an argument over it, and they cut the lobby in half <laughs> with a chainsaw. How many of you know that you can't get anything done for God under the loud noise of a chainsaw? You understand what I'm saying? Hey, I've, I've seen all kinds of stuff. 
All right, verse 7. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. There's one of the reasons why we don't see it in revival today. The power of God not being manifested in our midst. I said that's the reason why that we're not seeing revival today because the power of God's not being manifested. It's not even being manifested in us, and we're the believers. And there was great joy in that city. How many of you know when the Holy Ghost shows up, great joy shows up with him? Verse 9, But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria giving out that himself was some great one. Now, you listen to me carefully because there's a whole lot of people that get saved, get filled with the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Spirit begins to use them, and they begin to think that they're some great one. How many times have I told you God spoke through a jackass in the Old Testament, but when God stopped speaking, he was still a jackass. We're vessels. Let's just get ready to be good, clean vessels for the Holy Spirit to move through. Amen? To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. That's what he was used to hearing from people. This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. And when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus." Then laid, their, uh, laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Now, they laid hands on them. I want you to keep this in mind. And it says they received the Holy Ghost. So, how many of you believe tonight that this word is true, that they laid hands on them, and then they received the, how, the Holy Ghost? You believe that they received the Holy Ghost? All right, keep this in mind. What did they see? And what did they hear? That convinced them we laid hands on them and they got the Holy Spirit. Listen to me carefully. Something had to happen. For the word of God to record this. Then laid they their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Trust me now. Listen to me carefully. Every time somebody gets filled with the Holy Spirit. There's change. And you can see it. And you can hear it. Pay attention to that. Because we're going to come back to that. Acts chapter 9 verses 3 through 18. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who, else, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for you. To kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. Mm. For behold, he prayeth. Isn't that exciting? And hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias. So this is the right guy, right? Ananias. He's seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done by, to the saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests 
to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went on his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. I've had people try to tell me, well, that means that he just, he got saved. How many times do we need to, to know this or hear this? Don't you know you get the Holy Ghost when you get saved? He comes in and sets up housekeeping on the inside of you. Amen? But there's a subsequent infilling of the Holy Spirit that is overflowing. That's the difference. Same Holy Ghost, just more of it. Amen? Acts chapter 10, verse 44 and 46. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Now listen to that. And, you know, the Holy Ghost can do whatever he wants. Amen? Nobody laid hands on anybody. Right? While Peter yet spake these words, while he was talking, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. It's kind of like to me, it's like the Holy Spirit saying, Peter, I want to get on with this. You, you talk if you want, but I'm getting on with this. And he fell on them and filled them to overflowing with his Holy Spirit. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them, all them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues. This is how they knew they got the Holy Ghost, right? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? They had not, oh, wait a minute, they hadn't been baptized in water yet? They hadn't been totally immersed? God, you got that out of order. All I know for you uh, to have to, that's a prerequisite to getting the baptism of the Holy Spirit is you've got to be saved. You've got to be a child of God. It, doesn't, it can be child of God, uh, filled with the Holy Ghost, water baptized. Child of God, water baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. But child of God, that, that's real important. You know? For you to get the Holy Ghost to overflowing, you got to have him in there first. Amen? All right, Acts 10, verse 44 to 46. No, Acts 19. Let's move to Acts 19. Acts 19. And this, this is just in Acts. If you think, well, they fell on the day of Pentecost, but nobody else got, who else got the Holy Ghost? Well, we're looking at it. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 7, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We've not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. They didn't know anything about the Holy Ghost. They're hearing about the Holy Ghost for the first time. Isn't that, I mean, am I twisting that? And he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, we not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism, which was what? In the name of Jesus, right? Then Saul, then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. Now, I'm telling you, if, if it's the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's a simple gift of prophecy. Uh, they just started talking about the wonderful, amazing, magnificent, fantastic things of God. That's the simple gift of prophecy. It's uplifting, it's consoling, it's edifying. Amen? So I wrote this next one. Name some of the spiritual purposes for speaking in tongues. How, how would you, like you like to know that? Some of the purposes. There, this is not all-inclusive. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, 
We are speaking mysteries supernaturally to God. Why, what, have you ever heard that before? In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, I said we're speaking mysteries supernaturally to God because it says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. How many of you have gotten down on your knees before and you got this list of prayer needs in front of you and um, brother so-and-so has this sister out there who has cancer and she needs help, you know, or she's facing financial needs or she uh, is facing a, a possible divorce or whatever. Do you know exactly how you need to pray for that every time? Do you know exactly what to say? So, have you ever been up against a prayer need that you really didn't know what to ask God for, for that need? Well, if you're praying the Spirit, you're praying in tongues, you're supernaturally talking to God about mysteries. You, if you are genuinely filled with the Holy Ghost and, and you pray in tongues, you're genuinely praying in tongues, you're praying the mysteries of God. Supernaturally praying the mysteries of God. I mean, I mean think about that. that. That's pretty powerful, Right? So, we're speaking mysteries supernaturally to God. That's one of the reasons why you might want to pray in tongues. By the way, you know, I should have said this in the beginning. Will you please forgive me? I really should have said this first. Much confusion in the body of Christ happens because children of God don't understand that diverse kinds of tongues, there is what I call the public ministry gift of tongues, where someone stands up, speaks in tongues, someone else stands up, or, or that person who gave the message in tongues. God can give them the interpretation. Amen? But what I'm trying to say is that uh, you have this ministry, public ministry gift, where someone stands up and gives a message in tongues, and someone stands up and interprets it. And then there is your personal prayer life, tongues. And, and I'm telling you, you know, I don't know how many times I tried to talk to people who felt they were scholars, you know, and I'm just me. You know, I'm just me. And they're trying to tell me, yeah, you know, uh, you know uh, no one's supposed to pray in tongues like that because you can't pray in tongues like that because you don't have an interpreter. Well, what did they just do? They just showed they're uninformed, you know. I, I don't know why people get mad at me for using the word ignorant. Ignorant is a word we use in the South that if you look it up in the dictionary, it means you're uninformed, you're untaught, you're unlearned. That's not an insult. There, how many of you know that I'm ignorant about many things in the book I still want to learn until the day I go to be with Jesus? And if you call me ignorant on a particular subject, I'm not going to bow up at you and, you know, go looking for a baseball bat or whatever. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're not going to hurt my feelings. If you know, you already know me and you know I'm ignorant about many things, Right? but I'm still learning. There's still breath in my body. But, but when you read about tongues in the Bible from now on, ask yourself a question. Is this the public ministry gift of tongues or is this personal prayer life tongues? I'm going to give you some hints and clues about that. All right, name some of the scriptural purposes for speaking in tongues. One, we are speaking mysteries supernaturally to God. Who would not want to do that? I think that people would want to do that. Number two, we magnify God. In Acts chapter 10, verses 45 through 46, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, right? Then answered Peter, and he, he started talking about um, not withholding water baptism from them. Um, that's something else somebody told me one time. You can't get the Holy Ghost till you've been water baptized first. I've already read you two examples in the Word of God where they got water baptized after they got the Holy Ghost. All right, next one is we edify ourselves. How many of you don't need a little self-edification once in a while? All right, that means you just need some uplifting, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 14, verse 4, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. We lift ourselves up, right? But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. That's what have I said. When the simple gift of prophecy is in action and someone stands up and give a message, it's like that prayer vow that you prayed yesterday. That was just, 
unadulterated um, uh, gift of the Spirit of God known as a simple gift of prophecy. That prayer was so edifying, and I'm not trying to lift you up. Matter of fact, I'm taking something from you. God gave you that Spirit, right? Hey, some people think I can pray, but pff, I say it's talk to God. You know what I'm saying? But I do know for a fact. I can speak for me, right? Holy Ghost helps me pray. Holy Ghost helps me pray. If you don't know how to talk to God, ask God, Father, I need help. Help me. Help me to pray. And don't be surprised when the Holy Ghost shows up, shows you a thing or two. Amen? So we edify ourselves in 1 Corinthians 14, 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the whole church. So to edify means to build oneself up. Every now and then, I don't feel good. You, you see me, you say, man, pastor, you come in on Sunday, the, the worship team, I drop nuts, I think, sometimes. I come in, I'm like the ever-ready bunny, you know, with the Holy Ghost, right? And I'm banging the drum, right? Am I not, Julia? I, I, I just get, I'm excited. I, I'm, you know, I come in, and I'm built up. And there's not uh, a day that goes by, you know, in a week that I don't feel that way at some point during that week. And I got to pray about it. And, and I got to have the Holy Ghost help me pray about it. And then I get edified. I get built up. I get encouraged. Everybody needs it. Our next one is uh, just look, look, look. How many of you would like to know? And I'm going to really waylay you with this one. How many of you would like to know that every word that comes out of your mouth while you're praying, whether it's in English, your known language, or in tongues, is praying in the Spirit? You'd like to know that, wouldn't you? All right. In Jude chapter 20, it says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Another meaning for praying in the Spirit is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. All right, let, let, me, let me say something to you. I got to word it right. I got to word it right. God helping me to word it right. Um, we, um, ooh, I like this. How many of you know that, that, that it's a good thing that if you say you, you pray, I pray with my understanding, I pray in the spirit. You know, I find myself praying with my understanding, and then I move into praying in the Spirit, and I'll just pray in the Spirit until the Holy Spirit just says, you know, enough, really. I just go, all right? But how many of you know there's nothing wrong with asking God to help you interpret your prayer language? Not only do I believe it's a good thing, I want to encourage you to do it. I have started out in my prayer life before praying in the understanding, went into praying in the Spirit, and then talked to God about what I was praying in the Spirit and got some things corrected about what I was praying for with my understanding. Now, so, I, I wanted to word that right to let you know that I, Scripture and verse, maybe next week I can come up with it, why I believe it. But I believe it because it's happened to me. How many of you know if it happened to you, you probably got a pretty good firm foundation for what you believe about it, Right? So one, another thing I've learned is my praying with my understanding doesn't have to be so messed up or wrong if I say to God, Lord, I want to talk to you about these things, but by the power of your Spirit, help my understanding prayer to also be Spirit-led praying. Amen? But I also want to pray in tongues, and I'll tell you why. It drives the devil nuts you know he wants to come to you in the first place say oh you made all that up that's a lie okay look listen to this and and this is we're, we're wrapping up now okay we're wrapping up our first sunday night together the devil never wastes time coming to tell you the truth about the holy ghost He'll come to you and he'll tell you you're making that up. That's not real. Because he will do that 
well, when you asked the Holy Spirit to fill you to overflowing, it didn't really happen. You made all that up. It's not real. That's when I start, ooh, I start dancing. I start dancing. Why? Because he's not going to bother coming to me to tell me anything that's true about it. Amen? I got something to rejoice about. I know then I, and why is that important? How many of you have ever met somebody that came down to the altar and they lifted their hands to heaven and they asked for the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost fell on them and all of a sudden just everything broke loose? I mean, the power of God fell on them. They went to dancing and you know that you've known them and their personality is just not like that. But they, they got something. You ever seen that before or did that ever happen to you? Let me tell you, when that happens, it ruins it for everybody else who doesn't get it that way. <laughs> and it makes it a little more challenging. All right? Because everybody doesn't get it that way. And how do you get things like the baptism and the Holy Spirit to overflowing? Like you get anything else that you get from God. How do you get anything from God? By faith. By faith. Amen? By faith. Now, we've got, to, we've got to finish this before we take that big step. But you know, when we get to this, we're not far away. Amen? I want you to be praying about this. Look, look. Once again, all right, all right. What have we done? We've established this truth. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you've got to be spirit-filled Christian and pray in tongues to go to heaven, right? You don't, you, if you choose that, that that's not for you, guess what? That, that, there's, there's no, therefore, now, no not condemnation of those that are in Christ Jesus, those that are called according to his purpose. If you don't want it, don't get it, all right? And I'm not mad at you. I'm not upset with you. I'm, but I'm telling you along and along why I like it. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Why it's good for me. Why I need it so desperately, right? And, and then one more note. Somebody's, this is in someone's heart and mind right now. You say, well, you know, do you remember a scripture in the Bible where Paul said, I thank God that I speak with tongues more than all of you. Is that prophecy? Is that simple gift of prophecy he's talking about? Or is that prayer language? It's prayer language. Because if it were simple gift of prophecy, Everybody would see it, know what he's speaking, but it's simple gift of prophecy or tongues and interpretation because if it were in a church service, he wouldn't do it without an interpreter, right? Now, listen to me carefully. This is not a slam on anybody for the way they pray in tongues or where they pray in tongues, all right? Paul had to tell those people because they didn't see him doing it. He said he had to say to them, he had a purpose for it. Remember this. Paul never opened his mouth and said a thing that he didn't have a reason for it. And he said, I thank God that I speak in tongues, with tongues, he said, more than all of you. And he had a reason for addressing that subject with those people because they didn't seem to do it. I do not pray in tongues for your entertainment. I don't pray in tongues for you to hear me pray in tongues. Um, if, if I'm in a church service where everybody's praying in tongues, I have no problem at all join in. I don't have a problem with that, all right? I don't have a problem with it, all right? But there's a reason why Paul didn't do it all the time in front of everybody. You need to get that down on the inside of you and think about that. Nothing wrong with praying in the Spirit anytime, anywhere, right? But what if we do it at inopportune times when someone's sitting there has never heard it before and they never come back. All I'm saying is let that same Holy Ghost that's in you, that's giving you this prayer language, tell you when it's time not to do it. The people that I've heard in this church do it, they know that. They know that. They know when to do it and when not to do it. So don't you think, oh, pastor, no. I'm telling you, there are people, um, and I thank God, I wouldn't have gone into this teaching if the timing wasn't right. And if God didn't tell me to do it, right? But there have been people in churches I've been in in the past where we'd have been better off without anybody ever doing anything in the name of the Holy Spirit at all because what they did was damage. And the Holy Spirit just gets real quiet, backs up, and the church might as well be dead. How many of you know that, you know, even if none of us prayed in tongues, I mean... There are a bunch of other gifts that the Holy Spirit would like to use in our midst. Amen? All right? And um, don't tell me men like Billy Graham weren't filled with the Holy Ghost. 
I asked the guy one time, why in the world would you say Billy Graham wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, he didn't pray in tongues. I said, I'd like you to tell me how you know that. <laughs> how do you know Billy Graham never prayed in tongues? You go into his prayer closet with him? All I'm saying is, the same Holy Spirit that will fill you to overflowing and giving you a prayer language, he'll tell you when to do something, when not to do something. All right? That same Holy Spirit has an IQ that is immeasurable. He's smarter than me and you. Amen? All I'm saying is, don't let the Holy Spirit scare you. Don't let the Holy Spirit um, make you feel like, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I don't know your, your names, but I've seen this too many times not to know that there have been lots of people that have asked for the Holy Spirit, felt like they didn't get it, and were never given a prayer language and have written it off. Written it off. I, 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 I'm going to tell you, I don't, I don't blame you. I've known people that have asked and asked and asked for years, you know, and, and nothing happened. All I know is that we can get past that because here's the, here's the amazing thing in the body of Christ in the world today. There aren't very many people who pray in the Spirit. I mean, there's a bunch, but percentage of the body of Christ is small. I, I, I just know because I'm a pastor, and I, I talk to people, I counsel people, I'm telling you, that the percentage is small, and it doesn't have to be that way. Does everybody in the body of Christ need to pray in tongues? Well, I think it could be very exciting, but I think we know that that's not going to happen. Should it be more than what we have? In the body of Christ in the world. Yes. We should have much more. Why? You have to have the things of the Spirit of God to make the unsaved get real wide-eyed and hungry. How many times have we read scriptures tonight that said when they saw people healed and the demonic set free, they got saved. They got saved. Now, you talk about, you know, I've been a part of the evangelism classes, gone out, knocked on doors, and we prayed prayer, filled out the card, brought it back to the meeting, stood up, and, and everyone clapped. Ah, my name is Carl. Hello, Carl. Just like an AA meeting or something, right? And uh, well, we went to this house, and we uh, gave the presentation to this person. They, they prayed the prayer. They got saved, and here's the card to prove it. We never saw him again. How good was that evangelism class? It was worthless. It's a waste of time. But psh, put another notch in the belt. Right? But I'm telling you, if the Holy Ghost is moving and it's undeniable, people are going to flock to that altar because they, 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 they know then God's real. God done showed them. He done done it. I know that lady in that lawn chair in that tent meeting was crippled. And she got up and went to dancing. And the evangelist looked at her and said, rise up and walk. And she didn't do it. She rose up and danced. How many of you know there's a difference between walking and dancing? She went to dancing. And a whole bunch of people flocked to the altar and got saved because they saw the power of God manifest. As your pastor who loves you desperately, I'm praying that God will give us a hunger the likes of which we've never known in our lives. The, the kind that only he can fill. Amen? He's the only one that can quench that hunger, that thirst. God give that to us. Amen? Um, I am going to put you on the spot. I'm going to pray for me. If you want to be a part of this prayer, just stand up. Just stand up. You know, soon we're getting closer and closer to where we can always pray around these altars and we can anoint each other with oil and we can pray for one another. We're getting so close. We're so close. Just be patient a little bit longer, all right? And, and I'm asking God to kill this COVID virus, all right? Kill this COVID virus, right? Um, right now, if I hug some of you, and there's nothing, there's nothing, it's not that this is wrong. If I hug some of you or, or, or try to, you know, get too close, I make you nervous. I understand that. I want us as a body to get past that so that I can be anointing with oil again and laying hands on people and praying for them, Amen. We're close. Mark my word. We're close. All right? Be patient a little bit longer. 
Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you, Lord, for this time you gave us to be together tonight. Thank you that your word sets us free, Father. Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name. There's a lot uh, in this world, in the hearts and minds of people. They've heard so many things about the Holy Spirit and so many things about tongues and, and uh, the foolish things of this world that confound the wise. Father, in Jesus' name, help us to understand what the purposes of our praying in the Spirit is and how important it, it is and can be. Father, in Jesus' name, prepare our hearts and lives. And um, for those that have been waiting for years for something like that to happen, maybe it's time for some fasting and praying about that and, and some real soul-searching, some self-examination. Not that we're just too dirty for the Holy Ghost to fill us to overflowing because I've seen, Father, many times the Holy Ghost come in and drive all that out of a person. But, Father, I believe we need to get ready for that infilling and that overflowing and, and, and not to put any restrictions on you. Do whatever you want to do. Father, if you want to pray through me by the power of your Spirit, I want that to happen. Father, in Jesus' name, Lifespring Bible Church wants to be a dynamic church uh, obeying you and uh, things of evangelism father we pray for so many things that i think that there are times when we forget to talk to you about saving the lost forgive us for that father help that to be our top priority save the lost in jesus name forgive me for all the times as a pastor i prayed lord grow the church lord grow the church lord grow the church lord bring us people lord do this or do that when you've reminded me oh you mean that you want me to save the lost? Oh yeah, Father, that's what I want. Really, Father, that's what I want. Save the lost, Father. Thanks for reminding me. Save the lost. Get our hearts and our lives ready, Father, to go deeper. Thank you for this class we've got coming up on uh, being uh, intercessors, prayer warriors, and being reminded uh, about you know, different ways that we need to approach that and how we need to be obedient to you. Father, thank you for helping this church to take this step to move our services to Sunday nights. I know it's going to be hard on some. Help us to be there when the snow begins to fly to help others get to church and get home safely so they can still come be a part of these services. Father, I want to thank you in Jesus' name uh, that the Holy Spirit's there uh, for the Pentecostal believer and the non-Pentecostal believer, Father. Your Holy Spirit is there to lead God direct and comfort, Father and to strengthen our prayer lives, Father, and to help us to see the supernatural for your glory. Father, help us to be obedient to you and pleasing you in all that we say and do. In Christ's name, we pray and praise. Amen and amen. God bless you. Fellowship together before you leave. My wife and I are going to go right back to that door back there, and if we've